no kite tangi a te kori mako Ko rero flowing a te hoka force Kou papa relevant, kou papa out of bounds Kou papa exigent, kou papa paramount Nā ko nā whakapiri mai ki te Kou papa tino whakahira hira Whakarongo pi kari kari mai Hare hare mai, o tāringa hare hare mai We gotta gather up close everybody Gather up close everybody Kāne kāne move that body Kāne kāne move that body Koia te waka kōrero tapu tū ki ngā iarangi o te wā māua e tō māku e tō mātaringa e tō e te iwi Nau mai hoki mai anei ki te punua pā o taringa e whakapāo atu nei I koneki nei i te pokapū o taringa ki apakura ara te wānonga o te aroa Tēnei hoki te whakanui i te tau, toru, te kau, mā Waru! Waru! Mai tana huakanga, mai tana tīmatanga Nō reira tēnei te mihi ake ki a koutou Coming at you from the bustling metropolis of Taumutu Under the auspices of Te Wānanga o Aotearoa That was a waka launching Waka launching i te mea e te whānau i tēnei rā He manuhiri tā tātou Takuranga tira hotsuroa Nau mai, haere mai anei ki te Wānanga o Aotearoa tira ki taringa A tēnā koe, tēnā kore, pai te hoki mai ki konei te noho tahi i tōka kōrua tā te kite hoki i ngā i te whānau e i wahorana, pai tonu. Kia ora, tēnā koe, tēnā koe, e te whānau, we had a bit of a warm-up, didn't we, te pua hei? We're pretty much in the wānanga. You know when you turn up to a party late and it's already in there, we're in there. You got to catch up, you guys. Yeah, koe noho ki. And we're very lucky to have you on Takura Ngātira. And, you know, I think kua ahua rua tau ahau e whaiwhai ana i ākoe. Engari, he nui nō tō mahi kareko i wāte. Engari, tēnei rā, the stars have aligned. The stars have aligned. The currents have aligned. There's the right wind. Yeah, and I know, kia moia mai koutou, I think it was last night, eh, you posted on Facebook. You were on i Parehauraki, on a waka, right? Yeah. Yep. And I was like, is this fella going to make it to you? Is he going to zoom in from the high tide? So I think, you know, ko ngā atua kei te manaki mai ākui. Yeah, it's got those karaki up. But this is succession planning. He left ngā kaiwhakatere, wana tauira ki runga i te waka and said, right, I'll meet you fellas there, I've got to get to this taringa. So e mihi nui ana ki ākui. Ara mai. Ara mai. Ara mai. So we're going to throw it over to you, e tai e hoa, and koutou. Actually, let's get in with the times. Go on, chat GPT. Chat GPT. And you heard it here, and no, we're not going to, it's not about, this kaupapa isn't about chat GPT, tēnei rā AI. Type in, who is Hotsuroa Ku? There you go, because this Taringa episode isn't about that. We've got more that we can wānanga about that we want to. And we want to make the most of our time with this tohunga. So you fellas go to the prequels. We're here at the sequel. Ah, kuia hoki. Kafiwa kia koe e hoa. We're going to start off with our kiwaha. And we're just about to get into one. And kia koe. Kiwaha. Mihia na kia tātou. Ko tēnei kiwaha o he momo kōrero arataki i a mātou i runga i te moana. Kia ora. Koe anō i ahu mai i roto i a mātou mahi. Hawaii. So um, these kupu that I got remind us of our life on the waka should reflect how our life should be on the land mm. and that on the land, our way of living on the land should reflect how we should act on the waka. So it's kapene te rereo wa kōrero. He waa, he moku, 
he moku he vaa. So your canoe is an island and your island is a canoe. Mm. And so even for us actually globally, mm. Papatuanuku is our island and we've got to treat it with the kind, we treat our world in a respectful, resourceful way. Because when we're on the waka, we have to be like that too. You know, we've got to look after all our resources. Mm. We've got to yeah. be good to each other. Because yeah. there's no running name no, or someone's going overboard. You can't do the old, oh, when's the next uh, BP station? Mm. You know? <laughs> so you have to have all your stuff on board and you got to care for it, all your water and all your clay and everything else and don't throw all the rubbish around and looking after each other as you're in that small world. So mm. that's that. Kōrero mai anō te... He vaa, he moku, he moku, he vaa. He waka, he motu, he motu, he waka. Koe oki. Kia ora. Pai mārama, ana koe nā te pai o e rā, ki anga whakatau ki rā nei, iti te kupu nui, te kōrero. Nui, te kōrero, ai. Ia hera bit of a, you know, my brain moment, i te rā wā. So, e te whānau, au wānanga with hotu i te nei rā, and I did give a birthday shout-out to te wānanga o te oro mā loro mihi if you missed it. And uh, kei mahue hoki taku mihi ki a koutou te māngai pāho irirangi te motu e tautoko maine i a taringa tēnā kōrua. Our wānanga is contextualising waka traditions or waka kōrero tuku iho e pāna ki te waka. Just before we get into that, kei taku rangatira. So I'll have you all know Hotero is also one of my past lecturers at te whare wānanga o Waikato. Kia ora. Don't uh, hold that against me, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, I'm going to bring up one of the exercises which I thought was one of the coolest exercises that you gave us, besides the practical stuff on Te Awa Waikato, and it was about this, it was about we had to, i mahi a rōpū mātou, and i ki mai koe ki a mātou, what are all the things that you would take on the waka to get from Tahiti to Aotearoa? And all the groups, you know, was kai and all these sorts of things, and then each group had to stand up and present and I don't know if you remember, but our waka <laughs> was the only one where I said, oh, we need some pui. <laughs> <laughs> and Otero cracked those going, what? And I was going, yeah, we need some pui, you know, in case we need to make some inroads. Bo- and some, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, tatau pounu, no, I was thinking yeah, those yeah, sorts of yeah. things. So, um, <laughs> oh, you know, kwene he, he, he rau maharatanga pai tēra. Contextualising kōrero tukuiho in relation to waka hotu, Let's just jump in to the corridor. So I think, you know, over the years, and I sort of blame colonising educational practices for yeah. a lot of this too, mm-hmm. is that for about the last 150 years or so, what happened is that firstly the voyaging corridor of our ancestors was kind of relegated to a different level of believability. So so what happened is that I experienced it when I was at school is that teachers, if they ever talked about the travels of our tūpuna, always talked about it in terms of accidental travelling. And so what happens with that kind of (laughs) thinking is that you have generations of people growing up, even Māori, thinking that, oh, it was just a stroke of luck that their tūpuna arrived in Aotearoa. But if we look seriously at all the kōrero and we look seriously at not just kōrero in Aotearoa but kōrero from throughout the Pacific, one of the underlying 
themes that runs through all of these island kōrero is that people arrive there on a waka from somewhere else. Mm. Mm. And so those are the kinds of things that we have to, you know, over the last 40, 50 years or so, as we've been working towards how do we make that kind of thinking, just normal everyday thinking for us, that is our tūpuna came and went to places on purpose. Kia so I think that's a big one, that we didn't go, and people have probably heard me say this quite a lot of times, our tūpuna didn't go out on a fishing trip and get blown to Aotearoa and they just happened to be carrying on that fishing trip like kumaras and kiore and and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, nobody goes on a fishing trip with a whole pile of supplies to go and live somewhere else. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, and it's getting people to think critically about those kind of things and then our ability to be able to get our wakas out there and start sailing backwards and forwards. Because mm. I know, you know, some of the early voyages we made, people would be on the beach crying their hearts out because they're not sure if they're going to see us again. Mm. You know, this is decades ago now, but what we've got now is when we're on the beach preparing to go now, people going, oh, what day will you be up there? Or yeah. what day will you get back? So now that thinking certainty, yeah, excitement. Yeah. That, certain, that whole thinking has changed from these people going on a voyage of no return mm. to a voyage that is just of what we do. Mm. You know, and part of that thinking that we were on voyages of no return stems from the sort of education systems that planted those seeds of doubt in ourselves even. Mm. You know, so when I was um, small, you know, I had to go through a big mindset change too because when I was little, the only waka that I ever saw with the waka taua down at Tūranga Wawa. Mm. You know, I used to sit on them, you know, this is back in the 60s, I'd be sitting on them, tittering around mm. and thinking, wow, this must be the kind of waka that my ancestors mm. travelled on. Paddled on. Yeah, <laughs> all that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. Mm. you know. Mm. And so what happens is that because these are the only wakas we see, we sort of create a romantic uh, vision that our tūpuna came here on these elaborately carved waka and all of those kind mm. of things. But we forget the fact that these type of waka and the carvings and everything else that we see on them were developments in the changing art style and the changing culture of people who'd come from the islands. And as they lived here, their sort of material, cultural iconography changed. Mm. Mm. And so what we see from the, say, the 19th century, uh, is a huge evolution in the style and the form of art, waka building, whare, all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, basic techniques and principles of creating these things is the same, but it's the way that they are sort of manifested now are different to what I believed it came from the time of our tūpuna. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard for people to test themselves in a way that says, actually, what I see now isn't what I think that they saw back then. Mm. You know, and that's not actually through colonisation or anything. It's just that that's the way culture, you know, our mai has changed over the centuries mm. to give us things like this. So, um, you know, I, I even back in the early 18s, I went to see some kaumata and said, oh, have you fellas got any logs? And they go, oh, why? And I said, oh, I want to build a waka for, um, so I can start, Sailing, mm. Mm. and then they said, "Oh, what kind of waka do you want to build?" So then I showed them a picture of Hukulea, which was the 
only sort of double hull voyaging waka that was sailing anywhere. This is from Hawaii, this waka. Mm. So I showed them this waka, and then they go to me, that's not a waka, that's a catamaran. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so even these kaumatua of ours mm. have sort of got a locked vision of what a waka looked like. Mm. Uh-huh. And then the other thing too is sort of getting everyone's mindset away from a, and I'd say this is a colonial kind of influence, is that the word waka has been translated to just mean a canoe. Aye, kia ora. Aye, kia ora. And then when anyone thinks of a canoe, they just think, oh, it's just something hollowed out of a log that you muck around with on a lake or something like that. Mm, mm. And so even that definition makes it seem that we just go out on rickety stuff. Aye, you aye. Know? That a waka yeah. is... Uh, they describe waka as a canoe, but you know, when I talk about waka, really I'm talking about a huge sailing vessel yeah. in terms of our voyaging stuff. Mm. And then accordingly, there's different classes of vessels that have their own types of names. So, you know, even though we say waka, our waka honri and kafia, mm. it's a tipairua. It, that's tipairua. That type ah, of waka. Mm. But because we've just sort of taken on this generic waka word mm. to describe all kinds of canoes, mm. the importance around the design and the mm. technology that comes to building a tipairua is minimised and relegated to this, oh, it's just a canoe kind of a conversation mm-hmm. without understanding that, you know, these are the types of canoes that could sail circles around Captain Cook when he turned up in Tahiti and mm. stuff like that. Mm. And for me, this is the most likely form that a waka that brought our tūpuna from that part of the Pacific here might look like that. You know, and that's from all our kind of old, of researching old waka drawings and old waka Aye. designs and stuff like that. Mm. And looking at maybe where we came from. Those are the biggest waka that they had at, back in the 1700s and stuff like that when the first sort of Western sailors and explorers started to arrive in Tahiti and the Tuamotus and all those areas mm. and they started scale drawings of all the big canoes that were there. Mm. And so it's, we're lucky in that sense that they did all that because those are the old drawings that we've used to recreate these waka. Mm-hmm. And they sell fast, you mm. know. And if you're organised, they're pretty safe too. You know, it's not like we sort of thought, oh, let's build a waka and then let's go somewhere. You know, it's actually a bigger picture and bigger corridor around having waka and preparing to go on voyages and stuff like that, you don't just sort of sit around one day and go, oh, let's go to Raro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually quite a lot of planning <laughs> and a lot of organising that goes into it. Yeah. And even getting people out of the thinking that our tūpuna, 40 warriors mm. paddled a waka from Rarotonga to here. Mm. <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff has to sort of be, we're challenged and all our people are challenged to rethink those kinds of images that they mm. hold in uh-huh. their mind because for a lot of them, those are, important and dear images for them. And so it's not being critical about that, but just understanding that there was a cultural transformation in the type of waka that our tūpuna first came on Mm. to the waka that we've eventually Mm. been using now Mm -hmm. and that we see now in terms of Māori waka. Because, you know, our waka that we sell now, Hine Moana, Haunui and the other waka, they're waka of the Pacific Ocean. So I wouldn't sort of say these are Māori waka, mm, but right. they're Māori waka in the fact that they're our waka, mm. but the design isn't from here. Because yeah, right. we, when we go and see Te Winika, mm. that's a Māori waka. Yeah, 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 waka you Māori. Know? Yeah, yeah. Aye, aye. you know. Yeah. But, you know, when we see a big sailing canoe, we sort of have this kind of 
to the psychological challenge. Mm. Oh, how does, how does that fit? Is that a Māori waka? Yeah, because, and koe tu atu ya koe. Ai, ai, koe. Ko, kea koe te ingoa, <laughs> kea tao hoki te whare. Um, <laughs> you know, you and I have had a couple of Facebook conversations and the last time we had a little yarn, it was like a 10 minute intense wānanga, I think I saw you at a picnic table in Kafia, and we were on our way to whare kōrero raukou actually. It was the last time we had a bit of a chinwag about this. But getting into that sort of critical thinking and applying it, and for you, it's like tain ngā kōro tuku iho. And I know, you know, people grow up and they're going to read Kelly or Pei. Pei, right. And that's their only knowledge a lot of the time. And, and he pai e rā puka puka. What about contextualising that kōrero? I mean, you've words a lot in, you know, hea e tahi, me hei arataki o tātou whakaaro. Yeah, you're right. That The stories that we get out of Kelly and Pei, those are stories that are like foundational stories for us as people who descend from Hōturo and all of those guys, you know, mm. and all the people <laughs> that came on the waka. Those are sort of foundational stories. But what's happened over the years is that because we've changed from being an ocean-going people and travelling all over the right. place to basically a land-based people who goes out on a waka every now and then or goes out fishing and does all these things like, offshore but then comes home, our culture as it develops starts to romanticise a lot of the stuff that the Tupuna did in the days that they travelled to Aotearoa. And so um, then those kinds of romantic notions become framed around the new ways of thinking of where we live, Mm. the new ways of thinking of because, you know, I believe that we transformed from a people who absolutely 100% were Tangaroa people. Mm. But there's a transformation once we came to Aotearoa and we changed from ocean people to land people. Uh-huh. And so if you have a look at a lot of our kōrero, a lot of our karaki and all that, the focus moves from Tangaroa to Tane Mahuta. Mm. And so what happens with that kind of transformation we start thinking about the ocean in a land-based sense. Mm-hmm. Then, the stories that we read, that's the context in which we read them, mm. is that we'll read about, oh, you know, when the Tainui Waka was, it was built in one place, then they sailed around to a few places around Tahiti and some of the other islands, then they sailed to Aotearoa. Mm. But then if you go to a place like Rarotonga, and that, they will talk about Tainui Waka being there. Some people in Aichitaki talk about the Tainui Waka coming there. Mm. So you have all these other places that pop up in our tiny quarter. Mm. But if we sort of talk about the context of all of that, because a lot of us are land-based people, we think it's just like driving a car from Kaitaia, <laughs> stop Whangarei, yeah, stop in. buy a pie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then drive along to the next place. And so that's the context in which they look at these kinds of things. Mm. Or even when our waka arrived in Whangaparawa, because we're used to driving all around the country real fast, you know, it could be quite difficult for people to think that maybe the journey from Whangaparawa all the way around to Kafia mm. might have been over years. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's all those kind of things because we're so used to getting places fast. Kia ora. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that the waka story becomes a fast story too. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we see it in like a movie. Eh? Aye, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, I have no doubt that the stories that we read about that say, oh, you know, we were at Papara and we were at Raiatea and Taha and all these places. I have mm. no doubt that the waka went there. Yeah. But it wasn't for like an afternoon, <laughs> you know. They didn't go, oh, geez, I think we'll sail over there and just go and see what they're up to and leave again because the, yeah. the logistics of doing something like that is actually quite big. Mm. Yeah. And it's just you got to plan your weather, all those kinds of things. Mm. Even when you get this place like that, they're not going to let you just come in mm. and then <laughs> leave again in the afternoon. It's just yeah. – or, or even when you come through a reef – just coming through the reef and trying to get to a point on an island, mm. that could take you most of the day. So the logistics around travelling to some of these places, look at it through a waka lens, mm. that these kinds of journeys might take a year or two, mm. cruising around, you know, stopping at all these places mm. in these uh, old corridor of our waka. We have all these lists, you know, big lists of people. I know there's like about 30 or 40 names that say, these are all the people that came on the Tainui Waka, right? Yeah. The logistics of moving that many people on Waka is huge because mm-hmm. there's Kai and all those kind of yeah. things. And because of what we've experienced, mm. I have no doubt that that's a list of people who sailed on Tainui, but not all at the same time. Kia ora. Kia ora. yeah. You know, because like for us, even us, like, we'll sail to Raro, and then someone says, oh, I don't want to carry on. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, well, you jump off, and then one of the people up there says, oh, well, can we jump on a waka now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, swap, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, swap, and then they'll sail to Samoa. We'll go to Samoa. And then, mm. like, even one time we sailed in on one side of Samoa, mm. and then some of our gang jumped off and said, oh, they'll drive to Apia. So some of the Samoans jumped on and sailed around to Apia on the waka. Yeah. So and you have all these kinds of opportunities, because people, when they see the waka come, you know, they all want to do something and be involved in it. Yeah, yeah. So even the opportunity to go for it on a mm-hmm. small trip like that yeah. makes them part of the people who were on that worker doing yeah, that voyage. Makes you get you close to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, so I kind of think that, uh, you know, we have all these big lists, but mm. I'm not absolutely... If I was to be logical about it, mm. I would say that, yeah, that's a list of people who are on the waka, but I don't know if all these people actually came here. Kaura. They might have oh, yeah. on, jumped off during the trip, mm-hmm. which is cool because mm. that's what happens now. You know, yeah, yeah. one time we had a guy from Rapanui mm-hmm. in Rarotonga and he's going, can we jump on the waka? And we're going, and then what? He goes, I'm, I'm good at washing dishes. I'll just wash the dishes the whole trip. And we go, sweet, because someone had just said they're not going to jump on the waka to come home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's happy to wash the dishes. We were all happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what it does is that expands those connections you know, yeah. throughout the Moananui Akiwa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which is some of the stuff that we really want to do and we, we really want to see happen. It's trying to bring all of this stuff into context. Even, yes. you know, like one time we sailed down towards Tupukotika and we actually sailed in mm-hmm. and there's these people watching us. Mm-hmm. And so we parked up. So I go down and I go down and talk to these kaimatu who were all down the beach watching the waka sailing and they're going to me, oh, boy, where did you guys come from? And I said, oh, we just come from Kafia. And they're going, oh, how long did that take to paddle down? Yeah. Oh, there's two. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they actually watched us sailing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 
you know, so what happens is that there's a huge kind of mental leap mm. that people have to yeah. take around mm-hmm. our worker stuff. And part of that, you know, because it's, it's perpetuated and wired and all that sort of stuff, you know, nga waka e fitu, e tau nei. Aye. What's the next line? Hoia, hoia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, the, <laughs> so the thinking is that all our waka were paddled here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so e- even through whaikororo and all that kind of mm. stuff, that's the terminology that's used. Yeah, yeah. Aye. Why? It's because over the centuries, the sailing culture mm. has disappeared. So Kill all that. those words, all those terminologies and that, that associated with mm. sailing a waka kind of had dropped down because everyone paddles wakas now. Mm. Everyone paddles a waka. And so that's what dominates the kind of kōrero. Mm. Aye, aye. With the sailing waka, we're more and more becoming... Not so much understood, but there's a realisation that, yeah, actually there's another layer mm. of waka thinking and waka Aye. culture that's a part of us that's um, reigniting. Mm. You know, once again, it's not about criticising people for the way they think about it. Mm. It's just that's the way Aotearoa was. It's going Aye. back to what I said at the start. Even me, I thought all our tupuna sailed here on, by paddling a waka from Rarotunga until I actually started to get into it, mm. started to realise, actually, nah, that's not going to work. Mm. You know, because this kind of waka is not going to work in the in big seas, big out seas. in the middle mm. of the ocean. It's just not going to work. Mm. And so understanding all of that stuff, and then going back to our kōrero about our tūpuna and where they came from in places like in Raiatea and Taha and places like that. Because mm. I've been sort of invited to go up to Tahiti a few times and sit down and talk with people about tainui stuff. Mm. Yeah, and really like tainui waka stuff. Mm. Not, not our not our kawa or tikang or anything back here, but just mm. tainui kōrero mm. about the waka. Mm. And for me, I like going to sit and talk with these people without prompting them to say stuff. Because the big thing is, is that I don't want them to say what they think I want to hear, yeah. Mm. but I want them to say the stuff that is important for them or, or things that I might know that the only way they're going to know is if that's been told to them Yes. and rather than them reading. Because so, I can tell when someone's telling me a story and it's come straight out of Kelly mm. or mm. any of those books, I can tell they'll be talking, oh, yeah, da-da-da-da-da. I could even say, to them, well, that's on page yeah. 120 mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I don't because they're trying to, to create this kind of connection mm. with us and the waka mm. based around kōrero. But, you know, for me, I, I know what comes out of the books and what comes out of other stuff. Like even mm. some of our old karaki and that there's words and kupu mm. and place names and that, that if you understand what it is, those should pop up in some of their kōrero. So for me, prompting kōrero around stuff is not what I really try to do. What I hope is that they'll just let the kōrero run. Yeah. And so for instance, I was in Papara one time and someone was telling me, they grabbed me and said, oh, we want to tell you the Tainui Kōrero. Aye. And then they told me the Tainui Kōrero, which pretty much was what was written in Kelly's book. Mm. And I said, oh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, cool. Thank you for sharing this with me. But then there's other places that have been shown to me mm. in some of those islands that tell me that there's stories that are associated there to us are quite powerful. So, mm. you know, one time we sailed into Huahine. So we anchored up at the wharf in there mm. and tied up and 
I woke up quite early, it was still dark, so I got up and then there's this old fella on his ute, drove up right about right next to the waka, just looking at the waka like, you know, and so I called out to him, ah, tamata. And he goes, oh, and I said, ah, you know, and mm-hmm. so I told him, come up, come up here. Mm-hmm. So he come up, so I cooked us a kai. I cooked us some eggs and some bacon and some bread and that. So we just sat there having a kai and then I was trying in my kind of broken Tahitian to mm. have a quarrel with him. Mm. What ended up happening was that I said to him, hey, I heard that there's a marae here on this island where you go to do karakia for the wind. And he goes, yeah, I know where that is. And so I go, oh, really? And he goes, yes. So he goes, after our car, he goes, come on. So I jump in the truck with him. We drive off. We drive around the island and we drive all the way up this blooming windy road into the bush. And then we jump out and we walk through the bush and then we come to this huge marae, mm. a huge marae on the side of the hill. And then I go to him, oh, this is pretty cool. And he goes, Matairea. Wow. Matairea. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I knew, because Mata'irea, and a few people know, Mata'irea is the original name of Huahine. Mm. Yeah. And so we started talking and he goes, oh yeah, this place, when you get ready to go for, on the canoe, the Tohunga come up here and do all their prayers to get the right winds for their trips. Mm. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'd heard about that. But you know, see, I didn't actually ask him about this. Yeah. I said, oh, you know, have you, it's the, um, mm. Didn't drop a name. Yeah, no, yeah, place yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it's the place where they do pure for winds. And mm. he goes, yeah, I know the place. And then poof, mm. and he tells me the name and stuff. Mm. And I think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Then, um, you know, the same as uh, on Rayatea. One t- well, actually, I was on Bora Bora. I talked to you guys about this a little bit before. You know, I'm on Bora Bora, and then these people come and say to me, oh, we'll take you to Tapu Tapu Atea on Raiatea, which is like across the ocean, mm. but they turn up on a little <laughs> motorboat with an outboard motor on the back. Mm. And then they take me in the middle of the night across the ocean, well, late afternoon, by the time we got to Raiatea, it was the middle of the night. And then they take me through all the jungle because the Tapu Tapu Raiatea that they took me to is not the big Tapu Tapu Raiatea that everybody else goes to. Mm-hmm. It was another Tapu Tapu Raiatea in the middle of the jungle. Mm. So we're climbing through this in the middle of the night, tripping over everything. We get to this place with all these big stones standing up mm. and they're going, Tapu Tapu Raiatea. This is your Tapu Tapu Raiatea and all thing. Wow. Cool. This was years ago, mm. like decades ago when that happened. Mm. Then sort of recently, I went back to Raiatea to sort of meet up with some people uh, to have a quarter about two pyre the... Tahitian that came sailing around with Captain Cook. Mm. And so while I was up there, I ran into these other people and then they started showing me places that aligned to a lot of our kōrero. And then I said, oh, well, actually, I see Tinido is a really famous name right. on these islands mm. around here. Then I told them that, you know, that whether we know of stories of Tinido who lived on an island called Mochitapu and the stories about how he ended up with this woman who threw herself into the ocean, got washed up on the beach and all that. Mm. And, and I said to them, it's supposed to be around here. But I haven't run into a Motutapu island and they said, oh, you're on it. Mm. And then what <laughs> happened was I found out that, you know, after they explained it all to me, that the land we were on used to be an island. And what's happened is they've made roads and other things here. They filled in the space between the island and the land. And so it's become a part of the island now, but that used to be called Motutapu back in the day. Mm. Mm. And so I said, oh, yeah, 
okay, thank you, that makes sense. Mm. And then I asked these guys if they knew where this other tabu-tabu-atea was. And so then they took me around to that place again. And sure mm. enough, it was the same place. It was a little less overgrown, but it was still, you know, so we climbed over everything, went to have a look at it and things like that again. And then that's the first time I'd been back there for probably 25, 30 years mm. to this spot. And that's when we started having more quarter about, you know, what this place was like. And they said, oh, big tohunga used to live there back in the day. Mm. And people would often come there to get their karakia done for their waka before they took off on these big trips mm. and stuff. So this one I said, oh, um, what's the name of that tohunga? And they said, oh, you know, he was re- he could do karakia to change the weather and do all kinds of stuff. And I said, yeah, I know something like that. What was his name? And he said, oh, Nga Toro Te Rai. Nga Toro Te Rai. Yeah, you know, and so on. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And because the thing, when his name popped out like that, it wasn't like, I didn't say, oh, it's his name this or it's his aye, name aye, that. Aye. Mm. They come up with that name. Mm. Mm. And I said, oh, yeah, it sounds like someone we know who could do that stuff too. Mm. Mm. So it was quite a neat experience. And then we went to um, Taha'a because I wanted to, we went over there to meet some of Tupaya's whanau, but I also wanted to go to Taha'a because there's a maunga there that some of our stories talk about that there's a tree that grew at the top of this maunga and that was uh, used in the construction of the Tainui Waka. Mm. And so I said, oh, if we get a chance, I want to go up this mountain. <laughs> and they're going to, oh, that's it over there. And I'm going, holy, because it's like... <laughs> Yeah. It's pretty big. Mm. It's not like Auraki or anything like that, but mm. it's, you know, it's pretty big. Mm. It took us like eight hours to start from climbing up it from the bottom to the top. Anyway, mm. the locals go, oh, what do you want to go up there for? And I said, our stories say there was a tree that grew at the top and that it was cut down as a part of building the Tainui Waka. And then one of these people said, oh, you should talk to the people you're staying with. And I'm going, oh, why? And they go, oh, because uh, they're canoe builders. Their family are sort of, a, their whakapapa is a whakapapa of old canoe builders. I said, oh, I didn't know that. So then when I sat down and I was talking to the family I was staying with, they told me, oh, actually, yeah, they don't build wakas anymore, but they are descended from canoe builders. Mm. And I said, oh, so who's your tūpuna that used to build a waka? And they said, oh, te hōtu. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, mm. so I must be supposed to be staying with these guys. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah so then anyway, mm. we cruise around and we get to this point where we climb up this mountain. Mm. So we start to climb up and the climb was like Tane, climbing up the skies. Like literally. Tane tāwhaki. Yeah, tāwhaki. True. It's just like that because what happened was, like we started going and the road there was a slight slope and then it turned from a road into jungle. So then we had to start going through this jungle and stuff. And then we got to this one spot and then we got attacked by hornets. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going, and they're this like, me. yeah, and they're going. <laughs> if you're wondering why we're laughing, you, you, you got to do the yeah, 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 asa yeah, yeah. chachi yeah. 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 <laughs> So we got, atta- we got attacked by hornets. <laughs> and, we, and they're like, and we ran through there. <laughs> and then we got out of that and we started to walk along again going, ah, that was hard out. <laughs> Just start walking again. And then... 
we had to go through all this blooming long grass and stuff. Mm. And what happened is we went through all this long grass. It was like there was these other kind of vines that oh, had growing no. under the grass. Oh. And then we kept tripping over all these oh. all these mm. all these vines and yeah. stuff. Yeah. We kept tripping over. Then my mates are going, Father, this is getting pretty hard. We should go home. And I said, No, actually, this is a test. Mm -hmm. This is actually a test because. If we think about our tūpuna like tafaki and that, mm. this is the test that they had to do to get to where they needed to go to. Mm. So they're going, oh, really? <laughs> you know? And I said, no, no, let's keep going. Mm. So then kept tripping over all these vines and mm. stuff. And then we moved along a bit. Then we had to go through all these branches and trees that were like grabbing at our shirts and trying to pull us back. Mm. Then we got to this other part, which was quite steep. Then we got attacked by hornets again. Mm. And then we got almost to the top. And the last sort of 200 metres was like a rock face. Mm. And to climb up that, and then it sort of flattened out and he just walked up sort of like a little walkway and he got right to the T, right? Mm. Guess what we had to use to climb up the rock face? Aye. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like... So we got to the top and then I was right at the top and I went... Oh. And I lay down on the ground for a bit. Mm. And so when I'd finally recovered, then I sat up and I had a look around and I went, far out. It was like a revelation because, mm. you know, from up there, right at the top, I could see all the entrances to all the, um, oh, yeah. through all the reefs. Mm. I could see Raya. This was on Paha, right? Yeah. yeah. I could see Raya Tia clear as mm. and all the entrances into Tapu Tapu Atea and all that. I could see Matangi Raya. Wow. So, you know, and then suddenly all these corridor about what our tupuna tell us in those stories, mm. suddenly there was a huge context in that because yeah, right. sitting at the top of that maunga, mm. I was able to see, man, if you get up here, the kind of matauranga you get from sitting in this point and seeing all these places is immense. Mm -hmm. And suddenly all the things, stories you've heard about and all the karakia that you do and all those kind of things, mm. they go bing. Yep. It's kind of like a light and a bell that goes off in your head that goes, mm. that's what this corridor is all about. And so it's quite a, a powerful way of reinforcing what we already believe, you know, and what we already know. Being up there, being on top of that moment and looking around, and that was like, I can absolutely relate to their corridor of tafaki and all them climbing up through mm. the different layers of the world mm. to a point where they could get sort of maramatanga, yeah. sitting on top of this maunga, mm -hmm. and then things go clear. Yeah. But you've had quite a struggle mm -hmm. to get there. Yeah. And then once you sit there and you open your mind, the kind of illumination that mm -hmm. occurs from your sitting up there and looking around you and understanding, there's a whole lot of understanding that comes once you sit there and you look around, especially in our world. Mm. Mm. So it's pretty neat. Pretty neat. Pretty <laughs> neat. Come out the way. I'll say. For me, I think also it's trying to expand these kinds of connections and that to other parts of the Pacific as well, you know, mm. not just in Polynesia, but then start, you know, try and get back in touch with, you know, our whananga from Melanesia and Micronesia and all those kind of places. Mm. And the waka, I think, is one of the more powerful ways of achieving that. Because, mm. you know, like I said earlier, that the waka is a real connecting taonga of all of us throughout the ocean, you know, not Aye. just Polynesia, but throughout the whole of the Pacific. With the waka, you know, ya waka So, you know, again, going back to the books, say, oh, 
Was that Tōtara? Aye. You know, and I think it was uh, actually Auntie Ravina that Aye. challenged my thinking at a while and I was going, hey, hey, Tōtara! So, you know, what would the waka have been built with? In the islands, one of the main timbers that they use for waka building is a tree called a tamanu. Tamanu. Mm, tamanu. Then they use other trees too to make the waka bigger. Because really, on a lot of the islands, there's no real humongous trees like we got here. Right. Mm. So they've had to come up with waka building techniques. That means that, you know, they start off with one log, which they'll trim and all that, and it might give you a, like a keel, mm-hmm. and it's nice and hard for your waka, but then, you know, they'll do things like make planks out of breadfruit trees and all those kind of trees and then use those and then sort of sew them on top of each other around a framework that builds a waka that's big enough. And then they had all the kind of knowledge and techniques of which kinds of sap mm. and other things to use to block, you know, to stop all the holes. And then mm. their own, even their lashing techniques are lashing techniques that will push pull a waka together closely enough that there's not a lot of leakage. Oh, and then yeah. if there is, you know, they'll just put all these other um, corking and that that are made from natural substances on it. Puhia te ahie. Yeah. All of that, all of these kind of things are the things that, and I think that's why a lot of our karakia are important in mm. tauparapara and that because there's certain phrases in that in them mm. that refer to practices mm. of an ancient time that we don't do anymore. Mm. But if you understand them in the context of waka or, or whatever. Give us other, one, give us give one. Give us one, yeah. Us one. So if we're looking at kotea te pū, waihoekonei kotea te kauru, waihoekona, e ai rā kote umutuhi, ki hai taikinga, pukinga all the way through. Then uh, then we get to a part in there that talks about te whare hukuhuka o tangaro. Mm. You know, so often people will just listen to that and think, oh, they just think, oh, it must be a whare something or, or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But actually deep inside that, if you start thinking about it, that's the place where kōrero is stored. That's the place, so if you understand te whare hukuhuka or tangaro, you know, I think pay translates that as the foaming house of the sea god. Mm. But, you know, if we think about it in terms of what we do, sailing and all that stuff, mm. the foaming house of the sea god is actually the place where we get all our matauranga for how we're supposed to do. When we uh-huh. go out, what we see when we see things on the ocean and all those kinds of things. So, like, the ocean itself is like a big whareuanga for us mm. that holds on to all of these things. And so we describe it as the whareuanga mm. tangaro. And so those are the kinds of layers that come out of it when we start to look deep inside those kind of things. Mm. Parts of the karakia for, you know, toya tainui, mm. there's parts in there that actually refer to what you should do when you top a tree down. Mm-hmm. So uh, te wai te hiko ma- marama or mahurangi. Mm. What happens is that, you know, there's certain ceremony that needs to be done by wahine when you have that separation of the tree, mm. the trunk, from the stump, you know, there's things like that in there that so people recite the words without fully understanding that there's these other layers of um, mm. yeah. yeah. so those kinds of things are in there, but they become words mm. instead of ways of understanding how things might need to be done. Aye. And so, sort of sitting down having one and re, re, you know, then suddenly these things become uh, revealed. And so, these are all the things that are sort of. Kaupapa for 
us in the recontextualizing of all the things that we do. Because there's a lot of other stuff that's in these kōrero and in these kupu mm. that give us small clues into the thinking of our tūpuna and the way they used to do stuff. Mm. Kia ora. Kei te kōrero tātou mō te moana nui a kiwa. Uh, like a revelation for me about the arrival of Tainui to Aotearoa anyway. I went to Chaddy's wedding. I told it, one of mm. our cousins. And I got talking to Bill, yeah. Lucky Fara. And we started talking about uh, Taikihu and Torere. And I was talking about the Reka Mauroa, one of the kumara that came Aye. on Tainui. So we got the Reka Mauroa here. Oh, where? Guess what? Some here, Torere, Marainui. Yep. Okay, Marainui. Yes, yeah. I go, yes, oh, Tainui. You know, stop there, made a garden. And I'm thinking in my head, wait, she they stopped there long enough they had to, time make, to a make a garden. garden. Yeah. You know, again, they thinking in the linear. Yeah, yeah. And then I think it was about that time when I started messaging you because I started all these sort of things started going off in my head, you know. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it must have taken a, a while to get from, you know, to tie half it to, to kafia. Mm. But, you know, how we sort of, experience the stories for ourselves and what we make up in our minds is it all happened like this, boom, boom, yeah, boom, or, boom, or, boom. In, or in two hey. pages, you've got close yeah. to a decade or somewhat of time yeah. in two pages. And, and then I've applied that thinking to, like, with that whakatauki you said, uh, he moku kawa'a yeah, yeah. and he moku. I was applying that to kōrero tukuihu about things on the land. Aye. Say, like, for my narangi as one, mm. what I've been doing and thinking of, so I was like, wow, Tūrungo sang his waiata to his whare when he left Kafia, and in there he references the sea foam Aye. washing up on the beach in Kafia. So I said, oh, okay, so possibly it was this time of the year. And then the kōrero of Ngāti Kahungunu is, oh, he was, he taught them how to mahi manu. Aye. Well, it must have been June, July, you know, when he eventually got down there, and then he built whare. Aye. Well, you didn't build whare in the winter, you did that in the summer. So, you know, but again, when we hear the Mainarangi story and Tūrunga going down there, it's like boom, 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 boom. And yeah. Reiko was born sort of a Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So, you know, just with the kōrero that we've had about the waka and uh, contextualising things, it's, it's opened my mind up definitely to, you know, tell Māori and being critical. And and harai te takatakahi ngā kōrero ao tātou mātua tūpuna mm. ngā kum, but, you know, it's that point of māramatanga. Aye. Engari e eki ai koe ki tērā māramatanga, ana me piki koe te maunga. Ai, tika, tika. Mm. Ai, yeah. yeah. The, both the physical and the psychological. Psychological koe. I'm talking about. And sometimes the psychological is actually in those challenges are, and you talked about it this whole way through, um, Hotiroa, about the paradigms we can be stuck in and sort of like breaking that level mm. of paradigm or allowing yourself mm. to go, actually, perhaps there is something else. Perhaps there yeah. wasn't paddling. You know, and then started just letting that permeate a bit mm. to allow yourself to understand more or look at things differently. Mm. You know, that's right, because, you know, whenever I drive places, I always go to myself, oh, I wonder how long it took our tibuna to walk here. Yeah. You know, yeah. because we sit around and we're going, oh, man, it's going to take me seven hours to drive to Mahia, you know, like, yeah. you think like that. Yeah, and yeah. then when I'm driving there, I'm going, far because people in Mahia told me that every now and then Hotiru would go over there and hang out wow. and look towards Hawaii so he'd go and have rest. Yeah. So like, you know, when mm. must be when he gets tired of everyone in coffee, he'd go, <laughs> he, he, he'd cruise over to um, Maya. Going to yeah. get an Airbnb yeah. you know, and, then he, and then he'd hang out there. And I was thinking, 
you know, just to do that would have taken ages to walk from Kafi mm. across to to that part. But you know, it's interesting that they have a quarter like that about yeah. cruising mm. over there to just sort of mm. um, hang out and just relax and spend time and then go back again. Mm. So you know what you're talking about, like uh, Turongo leaving Kafi, going over to Kaunganu, hanging out there and coming back. Mm. Yeah, you're right because people just think, oh, it's just fabulous love story mm. that you know this guy he cruised over there, made a fuddy. And then uh, got this beautiful wife, and then left again. But you know, that's just a long period of time. That's a long that time. All yeah. that stuff has to take place. Even mm. you know, like when you're talking about Torere and them stopping to long enough to do a mara and all those kinds of stuff. You know, we fall into that trap of thinking, oh, they just stopped off for a day or two, and then carried on. Mm. And so I think that when we look at it in the context that you guys were talking about with the kumara and all that stuff. You know, they stayed long enough that actually those relationships and stories had enough time to be embedded into the land right there. Because mm. they're spoken of now. Yeah, you because know, if yeah. it had have been just there for an afternoon or a day or two, because uh, Torere wasn't feeling too hot, mm. Mm. it's not going to feature in a sort of long-term corridor mm. about all of this stuff. Mm. You know, the other thing that I, I'm interested in is the kōrero of hauling the waka from the Tamaki yeah, River right. ah, yeah. across to Manukau. Yeah, and, if that, and I think that if we sort of want to follow that story up, that's the kind of story that tells us that they would have been there for ages too. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. it's not like they would have sat around going, oh, Joe, look, there's a harbour on that side. Let's pull a waka through from over. here over there. Because yeah. yeah. guess what? There's probably a forest standing between yeah. um, those two places. <laughs> you know, even not though... The, yeah. Not the southern highway, yeah, not the yeah. southern main So, way. you know, like even though it's quite close... Mm, yeah. Um, it's still like, what, is it a kilometre or Yeah, two? it's about yep. a kilometre or so. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, you know, I've always thought about it and I thought, gee, I wonder if they pulled a whole waka because if it was me... I would dismantle everything and then cut it to yeah, the other right. side and yeah. put yeah. it back Split together the holes, again. Take yeah. the holes, take the off and yeah, yeah. Then yeah. just haul it across like that. Yeah, I've never thought of that. See, Same I, thought, dust, I yeah. thought of them having some skids. Skids. Yeah, and pulling it over. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you'd take it apart. Yeah. yeah. And you'd have to throwing on there to be able yeah, to do that. Yeah, just put it all yeah. back together again. Because I mm. suppose they were made in that way where you could... Yeah, aim. yeah. So that's one option. Mm. But see, the other thing too is that, you know, there's quarter or up north about the Tainui Waka stopping in at some of the harbours up there. Yeah. And so one of the things that we tried to do is sail backwards. So we've sailed from Kafia to Auckland heaps of times. Yeah. Yep. And then each time we go, we've always tried to go into some of these little harbours. Yeah. You know, I've been sort of fortunate enough that when I've been up, right up the far north, up mm. Murifenua way and then, mm. and, you know, sat down and talked with some of our whanau up there and they talk about tūpuna of theirs that are tainui people. Mm. Mm. See, because we sailed Honui into Pāringaringa Harbour a few uh-huh. years ago. Mm. And yeah, then as soon as we got in there, because I put a post up, and then people were sending us messages saying, oh, you know, that's awesome because the last waka that sailed in there was the tainui waka. You know, like people just coming up with little mm. stories like that. Yeah. And whether or not that's a fact is probably less important than the fact that it's got people talking about all the Aye. old waka stories from that mm. place. Yeah, right. Whether or not Tainui turned up there is sort of less important mm. that people are starting to remember that actually in the past, waka had sailed into those harbours mm. and things like that. But going back to, the, you know, the idea of hauling the waka across from one side to the other, mm. if I was to sort of take the waka apart, 
take all the bits to the other side, then rebuild it again on the other side. Mm. The time that it would take me to do that is longer than it would take me to sell around. Sell around. Ah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, yeah. it takes us, we can get from Auckland to Kafi in like four or five days. Yeah, yeah. Right. And imagine dismantling and because you'd have to re-gum it all because you'd have to like, Yeah, or you could, you could probably just pull all your house across or you could pull the whole thing. But the number of people you need to do something like mm. that is sort of probably more than the people who are sailing on there. Uh, yeah. And then you'd have to kind of, and I think they might have been able to do this, is that I'm pretty sure there were already people around Tamaki anyway. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of how do you enlist their help to help you haul the waka across. Mm. It could be that the place was already clear and they were already using that to move waka backwards and forwards anyway. Yeah. 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 But just a matter of, well, how do you get a big waka like this across there? Mm. So it's, a, it's logistics. I don't yeah, think it's impossible. Mm. You know, I think it's a doable kind of thing. Mm. But the more we sail backwards and forwards, the more I go, oh, I think the amount of work required to pull it, you might do it one time, you know? Mm. Yeah. And then go, oh, and then after that, after that, to I think we're that. going to sail around. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You know, because I think the other thing that people forget too is that, or they maybe don't take into consideration, is that, you know, they think, oh, once Hotiro and them sailed the waka to Kafia, they pulled it out and just left it on Aure. Mm. Mm. I think eventually the waka ended up there, but I think it was still being used. Mm. You know, it's still being used. And then I kind of have the thought that eventually the waka got to a point where no one was able to fix it up. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, oh, well, let's put it up here now. Mm. Yeah. You know, maybe all the mm. tohunga who knew about those type of waka and all those things said, they no longer around. Kia ora. And just pull the waka up and just put it over here and then just did it. So you were saying that could have been the beginning of um, less voyaging because of the land mass. Yeah. Because mm. like you, you don't need, need, need to go, you don't need to sail it to another island to get kai. Mm. Yeah. You just walk yeah. down into the bush. Yeah. yeah. And if we, and and I've I seen how many fish prawny catches already now when he goes to <laughs> when come. He goes past just imagine. Do the drop off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, but imagine the bounty of the place back then. Aye, aye. Yeah. You know, so Teaming one, already, yeah. yeah. So once you've got to a place like that, there's no real pressure mm. to go and find another place to live. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got your food source is plentiful yeah. right in front of you. Mm. And so if you manage that well, and then you've got all your, you know, you still have all the forests and that all around. So there's heaps of birds and mm. things like that. Mm. Once you've got your kumara and taro established, mm. you're actually in a good position. Mm. So, you know, it's like our relations, they go, you know, when they leave here and they go to Australia, mm. it's so good over there, they don't want to come, come back. back. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. stay there. And then you watch a lot of them, like the reals changing. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of stuff, you know, and what they thought was, and then they'll do things that they think used to be the way that it was done back here. But then when they come back, it's different, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's all these kind of things. Yeah. And so nice. you go through a stage where you say, well, actually, yeah, I love it. Hawaii is my homeland, mm. but I like it here. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to go back. Yeah. You know, Another migration. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm going to stay yeah. here. And so what happens is that the things that you used to do that are kind of like Hawaii stuff mm. slowly devolve into your new stuff mm. that you do. You know, I've always advocated that Aotearoa is kind of like Hawaii for a lot of our whanau who've lived in Australia and haven't come home for Aye. a few generations. Mm. So this is a this is another Hawaii over here. Aye. Mm. Aye. It's all of that kind mm. of thinking. And I, so I, I suppose for our tūpuna, it was like, we're going to stay here now and then we're going to sail our waka mm. less and less and less. Mm. You know, so I've seen people, you know, they've got a car, they drive it around, they need to fix it, 
go fix it again, and they pack it up by the yep. sheet. <laughs> then it stays there. Then it stays there. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, yeah. What's with that thing? Oh, that's your Koro's <laughs> truck tractor. Yeah. But no one knows how to drive it. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was broken. Nah, just no one knows how to drive it. It was messy figures. Yeah. I quickly want to add to like you know you talked about marae and tahiti. Now for our listeners, the idea of marae may be different to what the marae and tahiti like tapu tapu ate mata irua mata irea. Yeah, yeah. So even that that concept of what that's a marae right, that's, that's is, big difference too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. yeah, over there marae is these big stone areas, these mm. big stone kind of mm. platforms and things that they've set up where they yeah. do where they um, you know they set up for ceremonial and kaupapa like that. Aye. But it's nothing like ours, mm. you know. So there's no big fuddy carved up on it and things like Aye. that. And um, some of them, like there's a couple that we went to on Taha. Then I went so far, I said, "Oh no, I'm not going up on that one." Mm. And they're going, "Oh, why is that?" And I said, "Oh, I just don't know if that I should be going into this." And then uh, one of the people said, "No, it's all right." And that's kind of walk. The locals are walking around on it. And then I go, "What's that down the end there?" You know, and I could see. Because there was a raised kind of platform right down the end, mm. and there were, I could see like there were holes in the top that went down uh, like that. Mm. And they said, "Oh yeah, there's some bones and stuff in uh, there." So oh, yeah, I'll stay over here. I'm good, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. that kind of thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's all those kinds of, and because of our kind of thinking around those kind of things, there's differences in the way we approach those kind of things, and we need to understand mm. understand that and not be critical because. You know, in most of the islands, we'll see that they've got their two put and they're buried right in their front yard. Aye, mm. All aye, of those kinds of things. Yeah. Mm. And so for us, it's real different. Mm. That, you know, that's actually a very separate part of our world mm. and us being able to see that the difference in this and the islands is an important part of us understanding that, you know, this is how we've changed and the, and the different types of tikanga that mm. are in place around some of these rituals that make up the life cycle of us guys here in Aotearoa, mm. which is a little bit different to other places. But mm. I think being able to sail to all these different islands and to meet all these people and understand that helps to, I suppose, re-identify us as Māori with the understanding that we're actually Pacific people. You know, because, you know, I've been challenged a few times by people who say, oh, why do you always hang out with all these people from the islands? Mm. And I say, well, for me, I don't see a difference between them and us because if you listen to these stories and go through their whakapapa, mm. their whagapapa at a certain point are the same as ours. And so we all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they just live on different islands and they do things a bit differently from us. Mm. But there's one common ancestral point mm. that we can all claim Connection to and so and so, so I've always been happy. I've always been happy to, mm. um, you know, do mahi with our whānau from the from the Pacific and engaging and doing these kinds of waka kaupapa and other kaupapa mm. and trying to bring us all together, you know, try and and to do the kinds of things that a, a waka in terms of kotahi tanga and fanonga tanga allows us to do. Kia ora. You answered one of the parts I was going to ask about, you know, your aspirations and I can, you know, I've heard it through the corridor. I've got the sense that, you know, that arafanonga between us and ngaiwi o te moana nui a kiwa ko tātou tātou and ko te waka, te huarahi matua, 
e tuitui tonu nei a tātou tatuatu ki nā kōrero tuku iho a rākoa nā whakapapa me era taonga. E, e koranga me nui hei a whakaoho tuatahi a tātou mm. o Aotearoa nei, tuarua hei whakahonohono nei a tātou ki a rātou o te moana nui, tuatoru ki a noho kotahi nei tātou i rotu i ena momo whakaro he orite te toto he rite tonu ngā whakapapa mera me mm. hei tuitui nei i a tātou. Yeah, so, yeah. He kaupapa nui tērā ki a hau te noho tahi, ko tētehi atu o aku tino moe moe a pia. Mm. Um, you know, just one of these things that I think would be a great thing to try and work towards is, you know, one of the big issues for our waka and that around the Pacific is that there's no real kind of central hub for them to sort of travel to, to do kaupapa and things like that, but mm. also for um, repairs and mahitai wānanga and all those kind of things. Mm. So, you know, one of the, one of my big dreams is that, and because a few waka have sailed to kāwhia now, mm. is that somehow and somewhere around kāwhia that, you know, we can establish like a big centre for waka to come from all around the Pacific to come there. Mm. We can pull them out of the water. We can do mahi on them, get mm. them ready to go again and all those kinds of things. And, mm. then, and those kinds of trips here are the kinds of things that will sort of help to build that tanga and kotahitanga right around the Pacific. You know, and, and I think the big thing too is for a lot of them, and it's which is hard, is that season from about November through to April is all cyclone season and they're up in um, mm. the islands. And so one of their biggest concerns always is how do they care for their waka during these times. And that's how like our waka up in Vanuatu kind of got the bash in this last cyclone, mm. two cyclones that went through. Mm. And so, you know, ideally it's to say to them, you know, if you need a place to kind of bring your waka for safety, for while your cyclone season's going and maybe we can pull it out, do mahi on it, mm. get it all sort of up to scratch and all, you know, new maintenance repairs and then mm. put it back in and when your cyclone season's gone, sell your waka home. Mm. They're doing all these kind of oh, things. Yeah. Our thinking shifting away from retracing the voyaging pathways of our people because we've done that pretty good. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so our next thing is how do we maintain the waka to continue that way. So the, the best way is to have a, it's almost like a centre of excellence for waka kaupapa mm. so we can grow, I guess, professionals in our world Aye. to do the kind of mahi that needs to be done to repair, maintain and keep waka selling for all our whanaunga around Aotearoa and the rest of the Pacific. Too. So, you know, I've already started conversations about that with different people but it's sort of, it's another one of my kind of long-term, I've probably it's one of the main long-term whakaro that I've got now is how do I make something like that work and um, what does that actually require, you know? Kia ora. Kia ora. Tēnā koe hotu, o pirangi anau ki a haere tonu a tātou kōrero. Nai. Engari e mohi anau, me hoki kweki tō waka. <laughs> <laughs> But when you talked about sailing into uh, Te Upoko Otika, I remember our Mataranga Māori who we had, and was that Te Whare Waka. 
And uh, we all turned up. There was myself, Rua Kere, I think Waihoroi. Uh, he was like, oh, oh, I came in on the 920 flight. Yeah, 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 920. And he like, oh, how did you get? Oh, I came on my waka. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, oh, we had you a know, bit of turbulence. And he goes, oh, we, we had to wait yeah. for the high tide. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a practitioner and oh. on, you're more than that. Every you sense you're, of the word, I. Yeah, mm. you, you live it. Mm. I mean, I mean, if there's anybody that embodies our tupuna, our kokoe tēnā. Whakawate koe ki haere mai ki taringa e mihi nui atu ana. Hopefully not the last. Aye. And um, yeah, one day I'll get on that waka. Yep. Ko tāo pē e tai. Aye, aye, aye. But I'm um, just, you know, kia koutou te hunga e whakarongo ana. I would think that this has sort of opened your minds. Yeah. And you can apply the same thinking to your waka. Kia ora. Ne, te waka o tāke te mū, te arawa. Ako te waka, mm. you know, and the layers, Aye. all of it. Well, I think this kōrero, to me, because that's where I was, he te hehe au ki te kōrero mo ngā kōrero waka o tai tokere honga mm. le, hoino, ko huri taku waka, yeah. hei waka whakaaro. Mm-hmm. And ma, you know, ka noho koe i runga i tō waka, ka anga tō titiro ki te, te ki te ao. Kia ora. Pene i tō kōrero. Uh, he ano te kōrero awa, ko tō awa tō waka. Yeah, hei, uh, ko tō waka yeah, tō. Hei waka tō moti. Aye. Tō moti, ko tō waka. Ko tō waka. Ah, kia ora. Ah, yeah. So that's where I went today. From, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nari tēnei wai, harai te me pana ana i ākoe, ngari katsuku i ākoe ki a whakatere i tō waka. Ai, ai, whakatere. Ai, ai. Uh, ngā, mahi, ngā manākitanga nui ki tēnā koe. O tira e te iwi, kia huri ki te waiata o te wiki hei tautoko o i ngā kōrero i ngā wānanga o te rā nei waka, nā sheifu, nā tiraukaua, ngā tifakatere. <laughs> Whakarongo mai. Kia ora.
connect for a waiata o te wiki, but kata i ko te waiata ko tērā. Wow, mena ka hea-hea hotero ki tānei hea-hea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, pretty much sort of like that waiata sums up the sort of person hotero is. Aye. Is, uh, I had some fun times with him at uh, Te Whare Wānonga Waikato. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was I, I didn't talk about it, but um, I didn't make my swimming test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we already drowned. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we took down in Waikato and anyway, hotero was like very you know, grateful that I didn't know how to swim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, engari e te iwi, oh, kātai ko te wānanga ko tērā. Aye. You know, we're very, very lucky to, you know, kawa koi anake ngari ngā manuhiri katoa. Katoa, ai. Kwa manaki i tātātai kaupapa nehoa. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Hotiro to, literally was on a waka Absolutely. yesterday. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh man, is, this, is he going to turn up? Is he going to zoom in? He must be zooming in. Yeah, yeah. But no, and... Uh, I did, I got a fright when he turned up. I yeah. Like, wow. And, uh... Yeah, way muddy at Tawai for Waki. I ate you know, had a bit of a warm up before yeah. he got him, but he was like amping when he, he got was there, king, right? Yeah, yeah. But every time I see him and Queenie, uh, Karihe Kaipunu, Mana Korero, mm. you know, which I think is another um, lesson to us all. Aye. You know, there's so many gems in that Korero. Oh, absolutely. One, and I learned when I started doing old research projects mm. for, for the iwi, is about the prompting people. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I won't say, but I listened to an interview the other day on the radio. Oh man, you might as well just be the person that was interviewing was pretty much giving the yeah. person the court what they wanted to yes, hear. Yep. You've got to sort of wayhokia put the Māori in my aye. And he's just talking about the flow and oh, there was just yeah. The whole thing was beautiful. Yeah. And then he has been someone that we've been um waiting for yeah. Yeah, until he's able to mm-hmm. to jump in and and honour us with those kōrero. Yeah. You know, I remember you referred to, once we, you know, the time we went fishing kafi, we dropped off some fish for them. That's the right, we were on that one. Was, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. crew was at the, the marae, they were parked up. Yeah. But me ua waka 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 mahi e koe te kupu te ingo tohunga. Yeah. And I think māma te ki, mm-hmm. ko hotiro he, he tohunga. Yeah. Tohunga whakatere waka, mm. tohunga moana. Mm-hmm. You know, fits absolutely with him. Mm. And you know, yeah, I think even if he started a philosophy paper, I'd enrol in that. Absolutely. You know, kuna no, you know, just te 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 mara matanga, yeah, uh, nga, nga Yeah, it was like a whole lot of things that you know. I thought, oh wow, yeah, there's just so much more for us to do. Yeah, ete o Maori, hey fakaoho, and eh, eh, rite tonu taku kore ro kawa tato e pohe he kai pene tato. So, um, yep, yep, and tēnā tāua e hoa, tēnei wānanga tāhu e tēnei rā, kāroha, kārea kaurangi, kōnei. Kāri kai mai tarua hoino i kēia. Yes, yes, and just to go back on what I said at te whānau, mō ngā kōrero e pāna ki Ngā waka katoa. Aye. I didn't even think, you know, like the Ngā waka e fiti song. Yeah. Like even the actions we yeah. do with the poi waka. Well, even the, even the, <laughs> the idea of Ngā waka e fitu nahe nahe. E fitu. E fitu. Yep. Yep. Aye. You know? You know, so, so yeah. Koina e te whānau. Aye. E rungo ana koutou e rere, rere na te wairu i kone e pūngananga katoa na māua i ngā kōrero ko te tūmanako. E whakapono anau. Ko whera hoki uh, o koutou whakaaro. Tēnei te mihiake mō koutou i whakarongo mai ki tēnei wānanga i tēnei rā. Tēnā rau atu koutou katoa nohoro mai i ngā manākitanga te rungarawa. Hoi anō wānanga tia ngā kōrero. Wānanga tia. E mihiake ana. 
kamutu whakaterehia tau anō waka ki te moana nui, te moana roa o whakaro nui, o whakaro roa a otira o te wānanga nui. Tēnā koutou, hei konā mai rā. Hei konā. Fakarongo ki te tangi a te kori mako Korero flowing at the hooker force Kou papa relevant, kou papa out of bounds Kou papa exigent, kou papa paramount Nā kona whakapiri mai ki te Kou papa tino whakahira hira Fakarongo pi kari kari mai Hare hare mai o tāringa Hare hare mai we gotta Gather up close everybody Gather up close everybody Kani kani move that body Kani kani move that body Tāringa he mea tuku nā te wānanga o Aotearoa, a nā te māngai pāho me irirangi te motu i tautoko. To listen to more episodes, search for us on your podcast app and subscribe, or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Taringa, whakarongo mai.